0: Welcome to the Save Your Marriage by Restoring the Man podcast, dedicated to all the men who are going through marital problems and want to save their marriages, with host Arturo Henriquez and sponsored by The Fortified Spouse. Hello everybody and welcome to this episode, to this podcast. Before we start, I want to ask you guys a favor. If you guys like this podcast, these episodes, if you can please leave a review, comment. It only takes a couple of seconds out of your day, but it helps us reach more people because the algorithm in the podcast space uh, puts a lot of emphasis on reviews and comments, and we can reach a lot more people and help a lot more people out there that are struggling with their marriage, just like you guys are struggling with your marriage. So I would uh, very much be thankful and very grateful if you can do that for me. And also, I always want to extend a free complimentary call with me. By going to www.fortifiedspouse.com forward slash call, C A L L. And we will, it's a complimentary free call with me, and we will talk about your situation. So now back to this episode. Today, I want to talk about two very specific approaches or modes that often get couples into trouble. In fact, these are probably the two clearest places that couples find themselves in a marriage mess along the way. Let me say that we're backing up for a moment. This isn't necessarily about how to get out of a troubled relationship as much as how to understand how it got there, which creates an understanding of how to get to the next level, which is how to save your marriage. And It also helps you if you're finding yourself in a place where your marriage isn't quite quite where you want it to be. It gives you an idea of how to move forward with this. These are two approaches or two modes. I guess I'm going to call them modes going forward, kind of like mental modes or relation modes that relations get into and when they get there they get into a lot of trouble. And here's the problem, these are recurring themes I see in marriages over the years as I've coached, you know, hundreds and hundreds of men and many many couples as well. And over those years I see these as the consistent beginning points to trouble and eventually a marriage crisis. Now after this, after you get into these modes, there can be lots of other circumstances that come in. But these are two places where I see repeatedly couples finding themselves stuck. And here's the sad part, it's completely innocent. They didn't even know that there was something about this in one of the modes. They didn't even understand what it was about. In the other mode, they thought that they were doing the right thing then found themselves in a hot mess, in trouble. So these two modes are pause mode and me mode. So let's start with the pause mode. I often talk about the fact that there is no such thing as a pause button in a marriage. You can't hit pause. You can't find that pause button no matter what's going on in your life. You can't just hit pause because you can't do that in a relationship. We talk about the lifeblood of a marriage, and the lifeblood is connection, constant and consistent connection. It's the feeling of being connected with your spouse. And there are three levels to that connection. Those three different types of connections are physical connection, emotional connection, and spiritual connection. The physical connection is that touch, that place of touch where you're up against each other and I'm not talking about sex here guys or necessarily sex although I include that it's more it's more than that it's the times when you're holding hands when you're patting each other when you're rubbing each other's backs and necks when you're hugging each other when someone lays their head on the other one's shoulder you know just when you're touching each other when there's a physical connection and it's bound in our humanity that we are as humans are wired for that type of connection. That is physical intimacy. And it's very probable you can be going through a tough time. And having someone just give you a hug makes a huge difference. Getting a big hug to you, you just have that overwhelming need, that urge to feel hug or to hug someone. Well, that feeling you have is based on your wiring for that physical connection. The other area of connection is emotional connection. And that's where you feel like your, your spouse gets you, that you're on the same wavelength, the same frequency. We talk about simpatico or simpatico, being at the same thought pattern or just understanding each other. And sometimes it's spoken. You have to hear about somebody's bad day and be able to say, yeah, I get that. Well, that sounds like a rotten day. And sometimes it's kind of unspoken, sitting in silence just with each other in those difficult times. It's all about that emotional feeling that you're available for each other, that you're listening to each other and that you're attending to each other, that your hearts somehow are in sync. And then there's a spiritual connection, which is where you talk about your hopes and your dreams, maybe even your fears and your concerns. And I'll talk about spirituality in terms of religion. I'm talking about hopes and dreams, certainly those types of places where you want to move into. And sure, religion can be part of this. This is where couples connect early on about where you are and where you want to go in your life. You share those big life goals, your bucket list or your life list, maybe your aspirations in your career, and you feel that deep connection that in this this other person, they're so amazing. And we get that from that spiritual connection. Now that connection is something that has to be nurtured. And if it's not nurtured, it begins to fall apart. So connection is either growing or declining. It's either growing or receding, but it's never static. And that's why the pause mode or the pause approach is so difficult. And when people get married, they can't imagine a point when they might want to put this on pause. And then somewhere along the way, other things pull at them. Maybe it's kids, maybe it's career, maybe it's more schooling or activities or friends or interests or a major life event. But for some reason, lots of couples come into this never even contemplating a pause button. And suddenly, all these other things kind of put their marriage on pause. The kids, the career are the two big ones. You just decide that your hands are full with those kids and you'll get back to the marriage sometime down the road. Or maybe the career path really is taking it out of you and you've only got so much time and you've got to keep charging ahead to get ahead. And so you think you put your relationship on pause and you'll come back to it later. What many couples find to their surprise and amazement is that when they come back to it, it's not there anymore. The connection isn't on pause. All along, the connection has been waning, has been decreasing, has been receding away, and suddenly there's no connection. And guys, most of the time we do this subconsciously. We do this, as I said, very innocently. We don't consciously say, I'm putting our relationship on pause. It kind of just happens. And so there's no connection. It's not that there is this frozen place of connection. There simply is no connection. Think about it in terms of other things in your life. If you have been physically fit at some point and, you, and then you stop exercising, it's not like you're putting your body's health on pause. It's not like you're putting your body's being in shape on pause. It's either you're getting in better and better shape or you're getting in worse, worse shape. So either you're you're increasing or you're decreasing, right? You're going forward or you're receding. You know, throughout my early years, high school, college, even before that, I've always been, luckily, a very good athlete. And one of the things that I've excelled in, and I love it, it's one of my obsessions, is soccer or football, as we say it in the outside of the United States. And during high school, before high school, and in high school, and then in college, I kept at it, and I got better and better and better. I went to a D one school to play soccer. And after college, I went to, to work. I started working, and of course, that took up a lot of my time, and I started playing less and less soccer. And I started playing less and less, and I started training less and less because I was so involved in the beginning stages of my professional career. And then graduate school came, and everything else got in the way. Uh, graduate school was more intense, and I had, again, less time to play soccer. And then I got married. Right, And I stopped playing soccer as much as I did back in the day. Every now and then I would kind of get back into exercise. I'd play uh, soccer, whatever I could. I'd play other sports, tennis, skiing, and whatnot, but I never made it a habit. I put it on the back burner. I figured after graduate school and getting married, I'd come back to it. Then after graduate school, because I was busy with my career and I really didn't come back to it, right? So... You know, fast forward a couple of years, I started to get back in shape again. As I got back in shape, it took a lot of difficulty. I had to rebuild very, very slowly. And what I've noticed is a lot of times when people realize that they're not where they want to be and they're being in shape, they do one of two things. They either continue not being in shape and they justify, like, well, I'm just getting older. You can't expect that from somebody just, you know, that's older. Or they jump in full force. It's really usually one or the other. There really is no middle ground. There's no warming up. They just go full force. Or they just wait. And sometimes I talk to people who go in full force. And I can tell them what's going to happen. They go in. They don't exercise for 10 to 15 minutes to try to get those muscles used to moving. You know, Right again, they go in. And they do every muscle group max out there. And three days later, they're done, right? Their body won't move. They're exhausted. They can't even make a slight difference, and so they give up again. Then there are some who figure out their system, who decide to ease back into it, who decide to get back to a place of being in shape. But more often, it's one of the two. Think about interpret your activities, right? Maybe you had an interest and you were pretty good at it. Maybe you played a musical instrument when you were a child, or maybe you spoke a foreign language, and while you were young, you kept it up, and then you stopped. Maybe something else got in the way, and you set it aside. My guess is if you came back to it, you couldn't pick it up and do it as well. Sure, if you play guitar for years, you might be able to pick it up and pick up a tune. But more likely than not, you forgot, you kind of lost that skill because you didn't keep practicing it. You know, I certainly lost the skill of playing soccer because I didn't practice it as much as I did before. And that's the thing about our body, our brain where if we're not using it, we lose it. That's it. You use it or you lose it. And it's the same with connection. You either use it or you lose it. You either build on it or it's in decline. And the same thing tends to happen when couples come back to this. They often realize that they put their whole relationship on pause. Maybe the kids, they're waiting for them to get self-sufficient and the kids are self-sufficient and they look at each other and they can't figure out what to do. They don't know how to even beat it with each other once the kids are out of the home. Maybe the kids are out, time for them to leave for college or move away, move out of the house, and suddenly you have a couple who's not sure how to relate because they didn't do it along the way. Or maybe you get to a point in your career where you finally have achieved what you want to, and then you don't know what to do with your spouse. That's what happens when we hit the pause button in our relationship. So let's talk a little bit more about the other approach or the other mode, which is the me mode, before we come back to both of them. See, me mode is really just a misunderstanding. We are raised in a culture, especially in the Western culture, certainly in the United States, that believes that you've got to take care of yourself. You've got to stand on your own two feet and be that rugged individual and make it on your own. Don't let people tell you what to do. You do it on your own. You be self-sufficient. And then you marry somebody. Somebody that you've pledged your life together with. You've created a whole another idea about your relationship. And the problem is you don't do that until you get married, until you're in that commitment. Before that, it's all about you being self-sufficient. You don't do it while you're dating either. There's always a you and a me in dating. I'm trying to win that other person over. I'm trying to make sure... That they love me. I'm trying to show my love. That's a you and me. And sometimes we carry that in a marriage. We didn't hear the words of that ceremony where we're now a team. We're now a unit. Many religions talk about one flesh being a unit, a team in it together. And because we don't understand that, we don't step into it. It's a simple switch, but we don't know how to make that switch. I didn't say it was an easy switch. I said it's a simple switch because as I talk to most people, they understand it. You're talking about going from me and you to we. That doesn't mean you give up yourself. It doesn't mean that you're part of a a big conglomerate. In fact, we work best when two very good me's come together and say, let's bring our best selves, our best strengths to this, and let's continue going forward with a mindset that we are in this together. It's not not about we're just one big unit, but we bring our best selves to this and we're in it together. There's a problem, though. If you don't cross that threshold, if you don't make it, their me and you will inevitably become me versus you. So if you don't take me and you into a we, eventually me and you will inevitably become me versus you. That's what happens in an intense personal relationship. It becomes me versus you because suddenly you're asking questions about what am I getting out of this? Why do I have to do these things? How am I going to move forward? How am I going to get what I want? How am I going to see my life move forward? And it becomes a power struggle. It becomes the games couples play. That's at the root of it. It's a power struggle. And I see this time and time again in couples with this power struggle. And I know they haven't made the move to a we. It's a mindset shift, but they haven't made it. There are some areas that you can look around and ask, how have I made it to a we? How do do we miss that? And those areas in particular are money, parenting, decision-making, and sex, because all of them require a mindset. Think about money. How many arguments between couples are about your money or my money? How are we going to spend your money? How am I going to spend my money? Rather than saying our money, our resource. You know, this gets talked a lot in premarital sessions. You know, when couples get asked, what are they going to do about money? And you can also, you know, how are you going to make money a we thing? And most of the time you hear what perpetuates the you versus me, your money, my money. They come up with lots of different formulas on percentages that should go in and percentages that are held out and how many accounts they have to have and how they're going to put in a check-in and lots of different iterations. Even the premarital um, uh, contract that needs to be signed uh, is, is a good example of this. What's less important is how they do it and what's more important is how they think about what they're doing. You see, in any family, there are resources coming in, financial resources coming in, and financial resources going out. That's the flow. In any way we divide it internally is going to be false because in our minds, we can divide it out. But in reality, there's only that much resources. It's finite. And so when we get caught ourselves, caught up in these arguments about how, about how we spend the money, we're doing what psychologists call mental accounting. We're making accounting thoughts, decisions about the divisions where there shouldn't be any divisions and really where there are no divisions because you're in a marriage. So that's money is one of those indicators of whether you're at that place of being a we or you and me, which eventually becomes you versus me. Parenting is another. This isn't like we both parent the exact same way, but we are parenting Together, we have a common goal. We might go about it slightly differently. in fact, I would guarantee you're going to go at it a little bit differently. You might have some basic ideas of things you will and won't do. but how it comes out particularly is about two individuals. I watch many couples fight each other over me versus you and parenting rather than saying, we have this common goal of getting this child to being a productive adult. And so parenting ends up being a place where it's not about the kid, but more about the power struggle between a couple or in decisions. And there's other places where this shows up. Maybe there's a job that has to be decided upon or a place to move to that has to be decided upon or a house to buy or a car to buy or lots of other of those big decisions in life. And the struggle is what are you going to get out of it and what am I going to get out of it? How are you going to get an advantage? Or how am I going to get an advantage? How am I going to lose out? How are you going to lose out? Rather than asking the question, what's the best for us? How do we make this decision as the third option? What do I get? What do you get? And then what do we get as the third option in decision making? And many times that third option completely changes how you think about the decision. If you're looking at a job, would it be best for me? Would it be best for you? But what would be best for both of us, for us? See, that changes the whole equation. How about sex? Many couples are arguing about that. And a lot of the argument is forgetting that it's about two people coming together, of really joining together in such intimacy that they really are one unit at that moment. And instead, they battle about who's getting what and who's not getting what and how they're doing things and all those other details that are really ways of having power struggles not solving the real physical connection that comes out of that we always get caught in that power struggle unless we make that change so let's talk about how you move out of this let's first talk about the pause connection or the pause mode when you're in pause mode the way you come out of it is to realize you can't continue the pause if you continue the pause You only stay stuck, nor can you jump in full bore. Those are the two big mistakes I watch people make. They stay disconnected, so they never rectify the situation at all. And so a disconnected relationship will only become more disconnected. The other is that somebody figures out that something's wrong, and so they jump in with connection full force and completely do the same thing as if you exercise full force. Three days later, everybody's burnt out and tired and hurting and not willing to move forward. It's not natural. Sometimes when you change the dance, you have to do it gradually, right? It's part of what we talk about in the Fortified Spouse program, how to move back towards that connection. You've got to have a plan on how you move forward with that connection piece by piece, step by step. Otherwise, it begins to overwhelm you and her and your spouse and the system, and you can't get off that pause mode. So how do we do we do the we? How do we go from me mode to we mode? It's understanding mindset. It's the biggest piece. And then to be constantly asking the question, where am I playing me? You can't make your spouse step into this. You have to step into we first. In fact, my whole theory is based on how you get to a we. That's the whole essence of the Fortified Spouse program. How do you get to that place where you feel like you're in it together? In, in the beginning point, it's for one person to say, I will step into it. I will look at my decisions. I will look at my thought processes. I will look at my way of interacting. I will look at where I need to improve. And I'm going to make those changes so I go from me to we. I'm going to make decisions based no longer on me and more on we. And then you begin to activate it in the marriage. And that eventually influences your spouse to do the same thing. And that's how you save a marriage. And that's how you move from you and me to a we. So now you have these two modes, these two approaches that tend to get most couples into trouble. The pause mode and the me mode. And you also know the beginning point of how to get out of that. Now, it's a very simple process, remember, but not an easy process because you're having to break some habits. You're having to move in different directions that you have been probably for many, many years. But trust me, it's this understanding, it's this realization that you have about where you are and where your marriage is in terms of these two modes that will give you that insight and that strength to take action, to begin applying it to you, because you have to come first, you have to go from me to we, you got to stop the pause, you got to stop pausing it in your relationship and start acting. And this understanding, is this awareness is going to be a driving force for you to start making those changes. Once you start making those changes and you take away the pause mode and the me mode, You will see a significant change in the relationship if you do this consistently. And as you do this consistently, you will influence your wife to do the same. And before you know it, you went from you and me to we. And you are on the road to saving your marriage if you haven't already saved your marriage. Thank you for listening. You have been listening to the podcast, Save Your Marriage by Restoring the Man. For further information, visit The Fortified Spouse at www.fortifiedspouse.com. Thank you.